This morning I'm continuing talking about flawed heroes of the study through Judges. So last week we looked at uh, Othniel, the first judge, and how it's important to uh, have good beginnings and good endings and what that looks like and, and how we can uh, take kind of the overview of Judges and um, kind of apply it to our lives. And so today we're going to be looking at the second judge, and um, his name is Ehud. And before I get into that, I just want to let you all know, this is Gwen's probably favorite story of the Bible. Now, if you know this story, it's very funny, but we'll get into that uh, shortly. So um, my topic, or my title today is, is called Unique, um, excuse me, Uniquely Qualified. Because I believe so many of us have unique gifts and talents, and we're all qualified for something. So I, I want to start with this, this idea, and sometimes um, I'm going to tell you a little story about my life. Have you ever felt like you didn't fit in in life? What are, whatever the, yeah, kind of most of us probably, right? So when I was growing up, uh, throughout my life, I grew up in, in the IFCA, or when I was a kid, the CCNA, which maybe some of you remember that name too. Um, and, and I enjoyed it. I loved it, you know, going to camps and parties and, and friends and stuff like that. So it was a great time just living life as a kid. But a lot of times I didn't really feel like I fit in. And the reason for that is because, well, for one thing, I am of Celtic heritage or Irish heritage. If you hadn't noticed, I'm, you know, the red and everything. So I am not Italian, so that means I burn a lot. Anybody else burn in the sun? In the sun? Okay, so yeah, just like three of us, because right, <laughs> Italians have a have a thing that they don't burn so easy. So growing up in the IFCA or the CCNA as it was then, I was the kid who who went to you know, the pool parties or camp and had to bring like this much sunscreen all the time. And I had to put sunscreen on and reapply and reapply. And, and there's this thing. And then all my friends were just like, yeah, going outside. And they never did it. And they're like, what's that weird smell? What is that? Right. And so I just felt odd sometimes because after 15 minutes of being in the pool, I had to reapply again where my friends are just like, they're just turning brown. And I'm like, no, I'm red over here. You know, um, and if you didn't know, the IFCA or the CCNA was originally called the Italian Pentecostal Movement. So, if you're part of the Italian Pentecostal Movement in this church and many others like this church, you can just relate and you're like, yeah, whatever, we just, you know, it's fine. But for me, as an as a Irish kid, as a Celtic heritage, I struggled. So, I was the one that, at all the things and felt kind of left out because I wasn't able to do some of the things everybody else did because I had to make a choice as a young boy whether I, I, I leave my shirt on or not. And either way, I'll probably still get sunburned because I've gotten sunburned through a white shirt. <laughs> Nobody else? Okay, so that's just me. Okay, Lonnie, see, there's, there's a few of us. We, you, you get me. So, but there was this, this, this idea that, you know, like I didn't really fit in with all of my Italian friends when I was growing up, and it kind of made me feel left out sometimes, kind of made me feel awkward. A lot of times when we don't feel like we fit in, we do feel 
different or awkward, right? And so I did at times, and I just wished that I was like them a lot of times. Like, how come I just can't be tan like them? Especially those times when I was red and blistered and couldn't lay down because I was that burned and I just didn't do the sunscreen thing. But all that to say, I believe God uniquely creates each and every one of us for a special and amazing purpose. Now, getting sunburn is not a special purpose, but I, as, a, as, a, as a dad who has a daughter who also burns every five seconds, it's a good purpose to know that I need to be careful, right? But God has designed us all for a purpose. And so today I'm talking about purpose and, and uniqueness and, and how even though we're different, maybe that's not the same differences, maybe we can relate and some of you guys can't relate with that. We all have differences and something unique that God has designed us and created us with, just like Ehud. In Exodus 9, 16, uh, God said to Moses, but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth for this purpose. And I believe God is still saying that to each and every one of us today, that, that he has designed and created us. Whether we feel like, well, we're just the outcast. Well, we, well, I'm not very good at all these things. You know, I see somebody else over there, and they're, they're good at all the right things, and I'm not good at the right things, or I'm not created the right things. I'm not as coordinated. I'm not as whatever. There is something uniquely amazing about every single one of us, and God designed it that way. So let's get into Ehud. Let me, let me read the story of Ehud. So if you turn with me to uh, Judges chapter 3, verse 12, Ehud is a very fun, weird kind of judge. Um, Judges chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over them. Getting the Ammonites and the Amalekites to join together, Eglon came and attacked Israel. And they took possession of the city of Palms or Jerusalem. The Israelites were subject to Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord and gave them a deliverer, Ehud, a left-handed man, son of Gera, the Benjamite. The Israelites sent him with a tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab. Now Ehud had made a double-edged sword about a foot and a half long which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothes, he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After, I, after Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent uh, on his way the men who had carried it at the idols near Gilgal. He, he himself turned back and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. The king said, quiet, and all, the, all his attendants left him. Ehud then approached while he, him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his summer palace. And he said, I have a message from, the, from God for you. 
As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew out a sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the hilt sank in after the blade, which came out his back. Ehud did not pull out the sword, and the fat closed over it. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the door and locked it in the upper room behind him and, and locked the door. Oh, and, and locked them. After he had gone, the servants came and found the door of the upper room locked. They said, he must be relieving himself in the upper room of the house. They waited to the point of embarrassment. But when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked it. They saw that, the Lord, that their Lord had fallen to the floor dead while they waited. Elon, no, Ehud, got away. He passed by the idols and escaped to Shira. Where he arrived there, he blew a trumpet to the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went down with him from the hill country and with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab your enemies into your hands. So they followed him down and taking possession of the forges, fords of Jordan, they, they led, that led to Moab, they, that allowed, they allowed no one to cross over it. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong, not no man escaped. That day Moab was subject to, the, to Israel, and the power and the land had peace for 80 years. Ehud. Ehud uh, is a very interesting, odd story of a judge who was uniquely qualified for something. Okay, so it's, it's odd because, right, this is a man from an enemy country, right? The, the Moabites had taken over, and so Ehud had come with a tribute. But because he was left-handed, he was able to hide a sword that he had made about a foot and a half long, and no one noticed. Did anybody else find that odd? Right? Like, like, you know, if you ever go somewhere with an important person, you go through a metal detector. Sometimes people get patted down right at the airport. You, you get patted down, right? How did they not catch that? Is this law? But it's very odd because because he was left-handed, they apparently had no idea that he was hiding this sword. This is very weird, but he was uniquely gifted by God to do something that no one else could have done was to kill this king and to save Israel from Moab. And it's funny because, you know, they thought he was going to the bathroom, so they just kind of ignored him. And, and that's kind of an odd thing also. This is a very odd story. The Bible has so many odd things in it, but it's amazing that we, we, we find that, that because he was left-handed, he was able to do something that no one else was able to do. And I believe because God has designed each and every one of us with maybe something that's very unique and very odd, right? Being left-handed is, is not that odd, but also, I remember when I was a kid, kids got made fun of for being left-handed. So, But God used that. So if there's something in your life 
that you feel like, well, this is why I'm not as qualified. Maybe you're more qualified than you think because of the differences that God has designed in you. Throughout Judges, we, we see this, this idea of purpose, right? All of the judges kind of had one purpose. And so I'm going to be spending the rest of the time talking about purpose because each of us have a unique purpose as we're here on earth. And they, they all have this same purpose, and, and, and we can kind of see that. We kind of touched on it last time, this concept that, that Israel was sinning and the judge was there to, to save them or to deliver them and to bring them back to following God. That was their purpose. That was the, the thing that God had designed in them and to conquer the land because we know that God had given them the land. In, in Deuteronomy, we, we see that God said to, to um, Moses that you will have this land. This will be your land. Take over it. You know, be going with it. Don't be afraid. I'll be with you. And so we see that each judge has this same purpose. And purpose is kind of interesting, right? We, we talk a lot about purpose, or there's books written about purpose and, and, and meaning in life. And, 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 but all the judges have the same purpose, but they didn't follow their purpose the same way. And I believe each and every one of us have the same purpose, right? There's, there's been books written about finding your purpose, discovering, you know, how, how to find your purpose, what is your purpose in life, what, all of these things, right? And, and that's good, that's fine, but in reality, we all have the same purpose. I believe that purpose is to love. The end. Now, each and every one of us may do that differently, but I believe we all have the same purpose. We don't need to discover our purpose. Our purpose is very clear. Our, our purpose is in the Bible, very clear, very evident. And, and yes, the way that we carry out, the way that we, we handle our purpose may look different, right? Ehud was not the same as Othniel. Now, Othniel and Ehud, the first two judges, both delivered Israel from their enemies and brought them back to God. But they did it differently. I believe there is a unique ability, a unique way that each one of us is to fulfill our purpose. We don't need to discover it. We just need to find out what is unique about each one of us and then use that for His glory. In Romans 8.28, it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Things work out when we're called according to his purpose, and his purpose is to love. To love. Ehud's purpose was to help the people of Israel come back to God and to know God. And he was fulfilling that purpose in the unique way he knew how to do it and God had designed him to do it. Jesus had said in, in Matthew 28, or excuse me, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. This is the first commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. There it is. There's your purpose. Love God and love 
people. Now, that may be different for each and every one of us. We don't know that, you know, the way that I love and care and show unconditional love to God and to others is possibly going to be different than you because giftings are different. Maybe mine is, is teaching, instructing. Maybe yours is baking a cake and, 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 and supplying for people's needs. Whatever that, the, the thing may be, your purpose is still to love God and to love people. Amen. And from there, it may be a little bit different. We're uniquely qualified, right? I'm not the best at making a cake, but some of you are much better. That's a much better way to love people is by food. Or by having somebody cry on your shoulder. And I believe one of the ways that we see this idea that, that Jesus kind of reinfer, uh, reconfirms this idea that really what we're supposed to do is just love people. In Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, it's the Great Commission, right? We've all heard that. We all know it. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you till the very end of the age. So he reaffirms that. Isn't that loving people? Because when we truly love people, we don't want to see them spend eternity separated from God. Amen. Real love is, is unconditional. God is talking about unconditional, you know, agape love, that, that, that love that it doesn't matter if, if people are good enough, it doesn't matter if, if your neighbor or your, your, your coworker or your, your family member, showing love is what we're called to do. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And then in Acts 1, it's amazing because we're not left alone, right? He said, He'll, surely I'll be with you at the very end of the age. And then in Acts 1, it's uh, 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. So again, before Jesus left, he said, love people. And I'll help you because I know loving people is the hardest thing you will ever have to do. The Holy Spirit will be with you. The Holy Spirit will empower you to love people because loving people is very difficult. And loving God means to teaching them to obey. How do we love God? By obeying, by showing our, our, our gratitude to Him. And that's what our purpose in life is. Love God and love people. And the way we, 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 we walk that out is different, but I find it amazing that, that we can kind of understand the unique way that God has designed us in that. And so, so I know a lot of the, the books and all the teachings and all that stuff about purpose is really not about purpose. It's really about your unique call in the world. And, and so that's what I'm going to kind of look at. And I want to give you two ways to understand how to find your unique call in the world because the purpose that God has given to me is to love God and love people. But me up here, loving people, you and others, is different than the way that God has designed and given you a way to love people, love God and love people there or in your work or wherever you may be. It's different. The first thing you need to do is to know God. Know God. James 4, 7 through 10 says, Submit yourselves to, 
Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. When we become too haughty, we can't hear from God. Submit yourselves to the Lord. To know God. The first way to know your uniqueness and know how your uniqueness can be used for his glory is to know him. Right? Ehud was unique. He had left he was left-handed, but it says in verse 15, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and he gave them a deliverer. Ehud had a connection to who God was. Right? If God's saying, Ehud, you you left-handed guy, come on. I have a special way that you're, you're going to help Israel. Come on, come on, come on. But if he didn't know God, he would never have understood. He would have never heard. He would have never been in the place where God wanted him to be when God said, go and do this plan. God raised up a deliverer. So if you want to find out what your special purpose and plan is because of your uniqueness in loving God and loving people, spend time with him. Amen. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Draw near to God or, or however your translation is. When you come close to him through reading the word, prayer, and spending time with other believers, Christian mentors, those people who, because no matter who we are, there is somebody who can teach and give us instruction in the word and help us. Maybe in life, in parenting, in grandparenting, in the Word. Be a person who is a good student. When we do that, we honor God and we get to know God because we never know when God is speaking through somebody else to confirm or reaffirm what He has spoken to you or what He might be teaching you in a new season. We don't know. So spend time in His Word seeking out who is He? Who is He? getting to know him more and more each and every day and through prayer, asking, God, show me yourself. Holy Spirit, speak to me today. And then getting together with other believers. And I think that's why, you know, the small groups are amazing because this is good that we're all together and it's important that we're here and we're not just online anymore. And thank you for those who are still online. We love you and care about you. And hey, we'll give you a phone call if we, because we want to stay connected, right? But, how much more do we get to have times of discussion? How much more do we get to have times of, of, of growing together when, when we come together in smaller groups and, and, and just, just being together and, and families and, and just joining together, having meals and being like the early church and just getting together? Find a person. You don't always have to, well, teach me something today, right? Iron sharpens iron. Those, it was mentioned this morning, right? It's a coming together. It's a being together. This will build up your understanding of your purpose of loving God and loving people because sometimes in the body of Christ, it's still hard to love people. Just because we're all here, just because we're all Christians, sometimes people rub each other the wrong way. But it'll build up our love, our unconditional love for the people here so that if somebody comes into our life who really bothers us, we can show unconditional love to them in a greater way, outside the four walls. 
Loving God must be our foundation. Knowing God, loving Him, the more we get to know Him, the more we love Him, the more we, we, we build a relationship, and that is the ultimate foundation of purpose in life, is to love God. And then the second thing is to love people because he said, if you love me, you will obey my commands, right? Jesus said that. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. And he commanded us to love other people and to witness and to share and to, 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 be, to be disciple makers and to encourage other people. So if we're not doing that, then we're not really loving God or knowing who he is because we've missed something. So when our foundation is loving God, then our purpose is set. Because we love God first. That's the foundation. The second one, after knowing God, is to know yourselves. Know yourselves. And so Ehud was a man who was left-handed. And he obviously knew that. Because instead of writing with his right hand, he wrote with his left hand. I am not left-handed. If that looked awkward. Know yourselves. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart or a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purposes that prevail. When we get to know God first, and that's the foundation of all that we are, then, then we, we start to understand and know ourselves. Because we, 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 can, we can get swept away in, in the chaos and in, in all the different things of life, but many are the plans that we have, but it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. So we get to know ourselves through the lens of who he has made us to be. Knowing ourselves is important. I find that, that this, this concept of, of uniqueness is is also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time there because when we know ourselves, then we know how we can be used because Ehud was left-handed. He obviously knew that. He knew who God was and who God had called him to be, a deliverer of Israel, a person to bring them back to the faith of God. But he had this weird thing going on. He was left-handed. Well, God... what? What am I supposed to do? You know, this, this, this king over there, he's, he's got armies, he's got all this stuff. People have, a, people have tried, he just took over. Well, God, how can I actually help as just one person? Well, God, I, God says, I've designed you for this purpose. For this reason, I have designed you in a way that my glory will flow through the world. And each and every one of us is like that. And in... <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, we see the Apostle Paul is, is talking about the Spirit and how the Spirit is moving the spiritual gifts earlier in chapter 12. And then he goes on to say, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they, are, they form one body. So it is with Christ for we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If a foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an ear, or because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. 
If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Many of the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes. Maybe you wish you were a hand, or wish you were an eye. Maybe you're not. If they were all one part, where would the body be as it is? There are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the the head cannot say to the foot or feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those, uh, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker or indispensable, right? Sometimes we feel weaker or indispensable. I'm not. God can't use me. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are uh, the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has come combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it. So that there is, there should be no division in the body, that it, but that its parts should be equal concern for each other. It's amazing. And when we look at this idea of the body, right? Each one is uniquely created. Each one is uniquely designed for something, right? The nose is the only part of the body that can smell. But because of your smell, there's some taste and there's some, some, some help. The eyes are the only parts of the body that can see. The hands are the only parts of the body that can grab. The feet are the only parts of the body that, that we, we use for... Well, actually, you could walk on your hands. But that's... I think it's different... Sorry, I just kind of rabbit trail in my mind real quick there. But anyway, right? We use our ears for hearing. We, we, we use our body for different things, and the body needs the parts. Now, the purpose of the body is to what? Love God and love people. But each part is uniquely created to do something for the rest of the body. Now, it's important that we, that we recognize that because as we get to know ourselves, if, if we're just spending time getting to know God, but we don't ask him about ourselves and reveal who I am because I, I want to I do your purpose, and we get to know ourselves, then we might think we're an ear when really we're a nose. I don't know if anybody feels like a nose or an ear right now, but... You know, it's a fun metaphor, right? But so many times if we don't spend time asking God and, and, and finding who we are and, and what's unique and amazing that God has created, even if, even if in the past it was something that was, that was detrimental to us, that was, oh, well, people always made fun of me for it. People always didn't like me for this. I was, I was not included for this. You know, Maybe that's what God has uniquely designed you to reach someone who is just like that. We don't know. Who are we? 
Who does God see us as? When we know ourselves through the eyes of God, then we don't feel like, well, I'm supposed to be an arm, but in reality, I'm an ear or an eye or a heart. God has designed us uniquely to be important, no matter what it is. When we look at the body, all the parts are important, right? That's what it says. Even the parts that feel weaker, we take better care of them, right? That's why we need to come together. Because when, when we spend time reading the Word and praying, then we get to know God. But when we spend time in the fellowship of other believers, we can see who we are and we can grow and we can learn. Oh, I, I am lacking in this area. I'm going to grow in this area. I'm going to mature in this area. I'm going to move in this area. And it's amazing. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 are amazing chapters. And so the Apostle Paul's talking about this, this uniqueness. And then before that, he's talking about the spiritual gifts. And then in 13, he's talking about love. And then in 14, he's again talking about spiritual gifts. And we, we see this, this kind of crazy idea. And so in, in chapter 13, verse 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Right. Because our purpose on earth is to love. And there's so many different, different, different um, ideas, right? The, the eye is all about seeing and seeing and seeing. The ear is all about hearing, hearing, hearing. And that's not wrong. And if you've been designed to be a person who hears, 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 you, you hear and you, you, you know, God speaks to you. Or you're a person who sees the difficulty. You're the person who goes and does things. Or you're a person that God has designed you in a special way. That's not wrong. That's just different to borrow the love and respect motto not wrong just different and that's important but that shouldn't divide us because sometimes in our uniqueness right and so when, when we think about ehud there's only like two times in the bible that this idea of left-handedness is talked about and it's both in benjamin i don't know what, what was up with benjamins or benjamites but they were left-handed for some reason but so ehud was left-handed. And then like later on at the end of uh, Judges, there's a group of left-handed warriors. And so it's talking about this left-handed people and they were all together. For some reason, they decided they were better soldiers being left-handed than the right-handed people. I'm not really sure why, but they could like swing a sling and hit things. And it talks about that, but they had a whole company or division, right? So they're like, well, there's the right-handed people and the left-handed people. You go, just go over there. Cause sometimes we like to divide each other. That's not what the body's called to do. Just because we see the problems does not mean that hearing the problems is wrong. We need to work together, come together, and be a unit. The body is a unit. And work together. Because we're all unique and the same. We all have one purpose, one calling, and that is to love God as our foundation, and help others to love God through agape, unconditional love. So it's amazing. 
that love is the foundation, right? So back to 1 Corinthians, he, he talks about this idea of different, different callings, different desires. And, and then he goes on to say that, that more you know, people are different. He says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all, uh, all teachers, do all do miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Love. Right? And he goes on to say chapter 13. Sometimes we spend so much time focusing on the, well, you know, this, this part, this part, this part, this part, this part, this part. That, that in reality, when it's love that binds us all together, it's love that empowers us all to do amazing things. Not all of us are called to be teachers. Not all of us are called to be evangelists or apostles or prophets or, or pastors. But all of us are called to love one another. Amen. And these right here, the, the, the giftings, the, the miracles, the healings, the, the apostle, prophets, and teachers, and all that kind of stuff, is the way that, they, that different people uniquely are equipped to love people differently. Because different people need love different. We all need love. But it looks different. So let's be people who recognize who we are and know God and know that His love abounds and then ask him, and then work on knowing who we are. Because when we do that, then we will be able to function as a body. Oh, so-and-so, you're the one who does this the best. You go do this. Oh, so-and-so, you're the one who does this the best. You're the one who does this the best. You're equipped to do this. You're equipped to do this. You're equipped to do this. And then when we do that, we are the body that works together in unity. God has created us all uniquely qualified to accomplish his great purpose. Can I have the worship team come up? Just like a body needs the parts to function properly, Christ needs each one of us to function properly. Um, I have a couple questions I want to ask to help you recognize how to know yourself better. First one is, what are you uniquely gifted in? Ehud, like I said, was left-handed. He was gifted in this left-handedness. What has God given you that's different than other people? As you, as you ask him, as you think about, what, what has God uniquely gifted you in? Maybe it has not always been a great thing. Maybe you didn't want it in the past. And the second way to know yourself, your unique purpose, is what are you passionate about? Because like I said, the ear is passionate about hearing. The eye is passionate about seeing. The feet are passionate about running. Right? Hands are passionate about grabbing. What are you passionate about? What are you gifted in? What are you passionate about? Because when you put those two together, knowing that your foundation is to love God and love other people, you will be able to fulfill His great purpose. Get to know God each and every day and he'll reveal who you are and what he has gifted you to do because purpose is important to love God and love people. Just like Ehud, God, had, God created him to be a deliverer. But you must know him and know yourself like he understood himself and who God was to walk your special purpose. 
to be the deliverer in your special situation. Whether it's your life, family life, community life, where has God called you to be a deliverer through love? Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you have called us to be people of love. Thank you for your agape love that you have poured out onto us, that, that we get to be unconditionally loved. While we were still sinners, you died for us. You gave yourself. You gave your one and only son for us. Help us, Lord God, to give all, Lord God. Give all of ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord God, that no matter what, we honor you with our purpose to love you, to love other people. Help us, Lord God, to see the unique qualifications, the unique ability that you have designed in us to reach somebody special for your goodness, your mercy, and your love because there's a world that's dying and we have the answer. Help us, Lord God, to have a heart that is burdened for those who are going to be possibly separated from you forever, Lord God. We don't want anyone to be lost. Thank you, Lord God, that we have been given a gift. Help us, Lord Jesus, to, to, to know what you have called us to do. Help us to see your plan, see your purpose, because we want your purposes to prevail, not our own. We trust that you are using us, you are for us. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name.